We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now this the black sheep sticking it to him. I need a crib like I'm Gatsby. I need it in hand. Just understand my pockets that deep. With nothing to prove, I ain't got nothing to do. And it can't compete, and I got nothing to lose. So, I was excited to talk to this man. We've been planning this conversation for a couple weeks now. Until I go to his Instagram. And I see Eagles fan. So I'm not as excited. But on a serious note, my guy, Matty Betts, Matthew Tanner in the building, finally connecting. What's good, bro? Fly, Eagles fly, baby. Why do I keep, why do I keep running into Eagles fan? One, <laughs> hey. of, one of my guys, Will and Emily, uh, I train jiu-jitsu with them over at Syndicate. Eagles fan. And I'm like, oh. another guy at Vison, Eagles fan. Uh, I mean, Isaiah in the studio. He's not here today, but Eagles fan. I'm like, what the? Come on, bro. I mean, do you hate Eagles fans or Cowboys fans? Oh, Eagles. Really? Yeah, yeah. Why? Well, actually, you know what? No, I take that back. I hate Cowboys fans more. I hate the Eagles and Philadelphia more than anything. <laughs> Are you originally from there? I grew up in York, PA, but my family's all from Philly. My mom and her, her brothers. So I just grew up as an Eagles fan. But yeah, I'm from York, Pennsylvania, so... I had to like choose right in Pennsylvania. There's like all the, all these different teams, and then Maryland, and like you know, technically I was closer to the Baltimore Ravens distance wise. Um, but yeah, I always like the, the the Eagles. Man, there's not a team, bro. Everyone that listens to this show knows it. There's not a team that has broken my heart more than Philly mm. as a Giants fan. I, I'm 32. I don't know how old you are, but like our generation, I feel like it has to be like the Giants have to hate the Eagles. Bro, the Eagles broke my heart this past year. Yeah. I had to make it worse. So I had a uh, preseason. I had Jalen Hurts, MVP, 20, uh, 25 to 1 odds. And I had Eagles Super Bowl 20 to 1. So I got second on both those bets, right? So Patrick Mahomes ruined my, my Jalen Hurts MVP and he ruined my future, my Super Bowl future. Yeah. And I didn't hedge on anything. And Jalen was that front runner to win MVP the whole season. Then he had that injury towards yep. the end of the year, and then Mahomes swooped in. And I was like, damn it. And everyone was like, you should hedge now. I was like, nope. The Super Bowl came. I tripled down on it. I didn't hedge. I just bet more on the Eagles. So, And then at halftime, I was feeling good, and it was brutal. Dude, I was on the – so a little bit with and against you. Coming into the year, I was high on Philly. 
Like I, I'm trying to make money, bro. Yeah. Yeah, you know I mean, like, yeah, yeah. It, it's all for fun and games. And I do, I do hate the Eagles, but I took the Eagles minus seven against the Giants in the playoffs because I just know that matchup sucks for the Giants, and I'm betting numbers, not teams. That shouldn't have been the line. Right? Yeah. But I was high on Philly. I had made a bet thirty to one on them to have the best record in the NFL last year. I had them as the clear-cut favorite in the NFC East. I couldn't believe that you could have gotten a plus number on them to win the division last year. Was high on them to win the NFC and to go to the Super Bowl. But in the Super Bowl, I just felt like I wanted to be on the right side of history. I think it's going to be the last time that Mahomes is an underdog in a, in a playoffs or Super Bowl. Right. And I felt like shit at halftime where you felt amazing at halftime because also Mahomes is limping off the field. You have the 10-point lead, and I'm like, damn. And that was the biggest bet that I ever made the, on the on all the different apps. I had close to like $1,500 on the Chiefs. That's a lot for me, dude. I'm like a $25 to $100 better. Yeah. But I, I did a my most successful NFL season, and I placed in some like contests out here and, and online too. Yeah. I was like, you know what, man? Let's go a little crazy in the Super Bowl. That's, yeah. Bro, I could not believe they, they blew that halftime lead. I feel like you still think about that, right? Oh, my God. Every day. <laughs> Dude, tell me a little bit about your origin story with sports betting, man. How'd you get involved? Yeah, so I grew up gambling. Like, my, my, my dad's side is Russian Jewish. My mom's side is Italian. So, like, literally both sides of my family. Degenin, bro. Degenin, oh, yeah. heavy into gambling. <laughs> so, literally, you name it, I've done it growing up. I've, casinos on cruise ships, poker in the basement in high school, Poker stars, uh, full tilt poker, uh, betting with a neighborhood bookie. Like literally, I've done it, did it all growing up. Um, so yeah, I've been doing it since I was probably twelve or thirteen years old. <laughs> um, and then I really didn't get into the content side of things till 2019, 2020. Um, and uh, honestly, that's my biggest regret is not focusing more on that earlier in life because my background's in, in restaurants and franchising. Uh, so I've, I've done that my whole career. And now I'm kind of transitioning where I'm, I'm more passive in the restaurants and I'm more focused on this industry now just because I love it so much. Hell yeah, dude. And I always feel like the real, the real D-Gens, the origin stories are like that. Yeah. It got to be like <laughs> high school or younger. Oh, man. Like the people that I see that come out and they're like, yeah, you know, I just started sports betting a couple of years ago. I'm like, man, you're, you're trying to catch the wave. Like, you're not really about it. Because yeah, I've done yeah. it too, bro. I've had to, like, sell my Xbox in order to pay a bookie. <laughs> when I, oh, shit, Mark Cuban. Hey, hey let's go. <laughs> Damn, I wish we could have got a shot of that. But, hey, you, know, you can't have it all. You can't have it all. That was pretty <laughs> cool. Um, but, dude, I feel like everyone's or origin story got to be that. Like, yeah, I, I, I've sold sneakers, Xbox to, like, pay my bookie. I've had my bookie not pay me. You know, like, that whole world... But again, like I, mine started even further, dude. I'll never forget. I was seven years old and I got a parlay card and my uncle was like, yo, pick some winners in the NFL. I wasn't even an NFL fan. Yeah. And I circled like, I don't know, four or five names. Next week comes back, gives me money. Right. And he's like, dude, if you do this every week, we'll make some money together. Yeah. And I was hooked from the back. hundred percent. Well, dude, honestly, because sports betting, it just makes everything more popular. Yeah. Like the NFL would not be nearly as popular as it is if people weren't like didn't care about specific outcomes of every game like whether it's fantasy football or just betting in general but it just uh because a lot of people demonize gambling or betting on it but it's the reason all these sports are so popular 
Yeah, and it's so hypocritical because now every network, every talk show all have the betting lines flashed at the bottom or people are talking about the betting lines and you could sniff it right away that they have no idea about sports betting. Right. Like it's, if you're in the trenches and you've been doing it for a long time, you could tell when people say, you know, negative 250 for a favorite, you're like, no one, no one in sports betting calls it negative 250. Yeah, right? or, or 0.5. Or, or 0.5, yeah, yeah. It's like, no, you, you got to say it the right way. So it's, again, like you said, bro, now it's becoming so popular. There's so much money in it. We knew about it all these years that it was always a giant elephant in the room that people kind of just like ignored or, or you, look, you were looked at like a piece of shit if you gambled, but now it's like everywhere. Yeah. It's only getting bigger too. You can't, you can't even watch an NBA game without Charles Barkley talking about FanDuel or the spread or... I mean, it's literally everywhere. Yeah, man. What uh, what sports do you like betting on? Love UFC. It's my favorite. I would say NFL and then NBA. Those are my main three. Uh, but I'll bet on anything. But I I don't handicap other sports. I usually tail other people that I trust in. Um, but yeah, I love the UFC. It's been a rough few weeks for me in the UFC, especially uh, this past weekend. But it's really what I love mostly about the UFC is. It's literally one guy versus one guy, yeah. right? Like you bet on an NFL game, the center can literally mess mess up the snap, right? And something crazy can happen. But and again, that can happen in, in fights too. Anything can happen in a fight, as we saw this past weekend. Um, but no, I love I love just how fighters match up against each other and just looking at what they're doing, who they're training with, um, and then just you know trying to identify value on fights. Do you are you someone that? will just bet on a fighter because you feel like the line is wrong? Yeah. So Even if you don't think that they're going to win? Because I do that all the time. Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, if you, for example, Alejandro Pantoja this weekend, you know, plus, what was he, plus 180? Yeah. Like, it's just, it's, it's a great value spot, honestly. Yep. I mean, it, if you think a, a, a fight is a 50-50 outcome, like it could literally go either way, which that's what we saw was a very close fight this weekend. You know, even if the bet loses, you bet the right number you bet the right fighter at plus 180 so i mean you you do this so you get it but that's it's so difficult for some people to understand that right and i have these conversations with my buddies too that like the bet and they don't get it they're like they'll ask me about a fight and i'll say oh i think this guy's gonna win but i'm gonna bet the other guy they're like why are you betting the other guy if you think this guy's gonna win yeah it's like because the line is wrong right and sometimes it could be wrong for the favorite like i felt like volkanovsky over the weekend minus 300 that he was was a mistake Right. Because I felt like he should have been minus 1,200. Yeah. And I was on VEASAN and I said the same thing. Yeah. So it, it could work both sides. It's not just, oh, the underdog is plus 200 where he should be plus 115. Like, no, it could work where the favorite is minus 300 and he should be minus 800. Right. That happens that way too. But how many times have you given out a play that's like minus 300 and you're like, yo, this is the best value on the board. And people are looking at you like, yeah, that's not value, bro. Right, because it's not a plus nine hundred or. Yeah, people don't actually understand what value means in betting, you know. So, it, but no, I totally agree with you. You nailed it, and I think with fights, it's really important to focus on that because anything can happen in these fights, and you just have to bet the right number. I came across your content on TikTok, where I feel like that's where you have your biggest platform, right? Yeah, and I couldn't find anyone, bro, in the UFC betting space that would go deep on like long shot props, which is what I like too. I love it. You know, like if you have a guy that's a jujitsu wizard mm -hmm. going up against a striker, 
yeah, I'm going to take this dude to win by submission. Yeah. I know he has the, the cardio advantage. Right. Let's get sub round two, sub round three, if it's in the championship rounds. And uh, I don't remember what fight it was. You'll probably remember it, but because you had flashed your ticket too. But you had bet a main event, and it was like 30 to 1, 40 to 1. Uh, Alex Pereira. Pereira against Izzy. That's what it was. Dude, uh, that's when you first came on my radar. I remember seeing that. Bro, so that was my probably my favorite bet to date in the UFC that I've hit. Um, but no, I, so I sprinkled round three, four, and five as three separate bets. Um, and I, round four, Pereira kind of just got himself together, like got the gas tank back kind of, and then you saw him come out in round five, like he was just ready, you know. But to this day, I, that hit was electric. <laughs> like hitting 30 to ones in the UFC is, 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 is literally so much fun. But, you know, but again, if you bet, like, exact outcomes like that, you can go through extreme cold streaks, like kind of what I'm seeing right now. Like, those bets don't hit very often. And it's funny because, you know, your betting record in the UFC means nothing. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, it's, it's net profit. It's ROI. That yep. really is what matters. Um, and, you know, I'll bet five. I can bet five things that are all 10 to 1 to 30 to 1. And I might go 0 for 5. You know, right. I might go 1 for 5. And if I go 1 for 5, I've made a profit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, bro, you're, you're preaching to the choir because I'll, a couple of weeks ago when Armin Sarukian fought, I had him round two by knockout, round three by knockout. And I think that was the only bet I hit on the card. Yeah. And then I tweeted out some shit like, oh, another profitable week. Right. And one of my friends hit me up was like, Bro, you went like one for 12. I'm like, yeah, it was 22 to one to win in the third round. Yeah. Like that's all you need. A hundred percent. And that's what's really dope about the UFC. Mm -hmm. It's become, I think, my favorite sport to bet on. Uh, for me, it's not close. It's definitely my favorite. Do you, do you like betting um, parlays? Yeah. So like, for example, this I feel like weekend, it's a polarizing topic. I've, yeah. had, I've been talking to a lot of sports bettors, bro. And they're yeah. like, oh, you can't parlay, bro. You can't parlay. It's like, dude, it's yeah. also fun. Yeah, like, well, I feel like sports betting is fun, and I enjoy it. 100%. I honestly don't bet them that often, but when I'm in Vegas, there's just a different vibe about holding tickets that have three Seven or four names on them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, just, it's just different. Like here, I don't even want to bet on the apps. Like I literally want to hold tickets. Like I want to put cash across the counter, grab tickets. It's just different. Um, but no, I don't bet parlays that often, honestly. Uh, in the UFC, it's like I don't need to. Mm. Like I'm doing straight bets that pay 30 to 1. Yeah, it's basically to one. a parlay. It, yeah. yeah, it essentially is. And you only need one thing to happen. Um, and honestly, parlays in the UFC is as hard as it gets, you know? And you see, like, the people bet the favorite parlays, like five guys, all favorites. What could go wrong? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then it's funny when, like, half the favorites don't even win. Bro, you're, you're talking to someone that it happened over the weekend. Yeah. It was crazy because I did a six leg parlay. I had some of my buddies from back home kind of tail it also. Yeah. And Yasmin gets slept in 19 seconds. I think I'm giving her too much credit. Like and she was minus 360 and then Whitaker gets absolutely blitzed. And you know, those are two big favorites. And then you have your underdog Pantoja, which was my only dog on the card. He yeah. ends up winning. So it's wild, man. It's so wild in the UFC, but I, I, I love like the props. I do a bet every week, a $25 bet where yeah. the goal is, I literally call it the why not parlay of the week. It's $25 to pay over 50 K. Mm. And I'm like, if this hits one time, just once, 
I'm putting a down payment on a house. <laughs> and I want people to come by the crib and be like, oh, how'd you get this house? <laughs> UFC 297, bro. You know, like yeah. I want that to be the reason why I get the crib, bro. That's really, that. that's really a goal of mine. Dude, I had a, I had a crazy hit. I'm going to post this ticket. Yeah. So when I was back home in New York, I did a, I had a free $500 free bet on FanDuel. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know, fuck it. Let's go. Let's go crazy. Why sprinkle 50, $20 bets like that? Let's, let, let's go for BR betting and, and barstool sports Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> so I take eight outcomes and it's anywhere from money lines to inside the distance. Fight doesn't go the distance submission. And everything hits. It was the London card last July. Patty Pimblett was on mm. the card. Taporia was on the card. The main event was Tom Aspinall against Volkov. Oh, I had Aspinall round one in there on that fight. I had Aspinall to win by knockout. Um, no, I had him inside the distance. Yeah, anyway, so, yeah, you got the submission. So, yeah. And it was $500 to win 132000 I had Gunnar Nelson to win by submission. And if you remember that card, he had like 12 and a half minutes of control time, didn't get the submission. And then I'm looking at it and I'm like, I hope these next two bets don't win. And then when Volkov loses to Aspinall, bro, I'm sitting on my couch and my legs crossed. Sit up like this and I go. <laughs> my mom's looking at me. She's like, didn't you want him to win? I was like, yeah, but not like this. Yeah. 12 and a half minutes of control time, bro. Oh I'll, I'll never not think about that. Bro. What, what was that one? 132K, bro. Yeah. No, I had, I, the, the submission bad beats are the worst. Like when you literally have someone to get a submission, they have like a rear naked choke in and you're like, how the hell did they survive that? Oh my God, it's just the worst beats. Do you, do you train at all? Do you do any training? I do boxing, just recreation. Boxing? Yeah. So I do uh, jujitsu, kind of like hobbyist. Yeah. And there are times where I'll bet someone by submission and they can't get the submission. I'm like, bro, this is like one stripe white belt <laughs> shit. Like, come on, I could have gotten that one. I start getting so pissed off. Yeah. <laughs> but dude, 12, 12 minutes, man, like Gunnar Nelson, I'll, I'll always remember that shit forever. Mm. And then, of course, his next two fights, he ends up winning by submission. But it's like, why couldn't it be that one? Yeah. So, what do you think about the card over the weekend? It was extremely entertaining. So I went to the Miami card earlier the, or this year, and they were neck and neck. I mean, they were both pretty good live to, to watch. Um, but it was very entertaining. I, was blown, I, I got crushed. I lost over nine units on the card. So I got absolutely crushed this past weekend. But from an entertainment standpoint, it was a great card to watch. Um, you know, Robert Whitaker fight blew my mind. I actually have a story for you. Yeah, tell me, dude. I uh, saw you took a picture with yeah, uh, the yeah, Plessies. Yeah, so basically I, I make this video on TikTok, right? And it's like going viral this past weekend because, you know, you make a video and then as the fight plays out, now you get all the trolls come in, right? Of course. So long story short, I I loaded on Whitaker. I had him in like two or three parlays at Circa. I straight bet him. Like I had thousands of dollars on him, right? And it gets to that second round, and I'm like, this is not looking good. Because like you said earlier before we jumped on, like it's not like he just got knocked out. Like He was losing that fight. Yeah, which was what no one said was going to happen in the sense of, Right. Yeah, he might he might drop round one, but not like that. Yeah. No, I could not believe what I what I saw, what I witnessed, even on the takedown. That take this is the ugliest takedown, and I couldn't believe you know Whitaker gave that takedown up. 
Um, but anyways, I bet thousands and thousands of dollars on them. I make this video. I, I post it days before, and I literally the video is like, I cannot believe people are backing Drickus Duplessis. He's not better in a single aspect of MMA than Robert Whitaker. Which that, I agree with you too. Right. But yeah. that was like my hook, right? Yeah, yeah, and that's yeah. why I, I was getting people to watch it. It was going viral. It's at like three, four hundred thousand views. And now all these people are commenting, right? So then the very next day, or maybe the day, day after the fights, after I lose thousands of dollars, I'm down bad on the card. My weekend's going like shit. I go over to Cosmo with my two boys. Literally walk into the bar. I look to my right, and Drake is Duplessis is right <laughs> next to me, bro. <laughs> so he's right next to me. He's got the prime chain on, his button-down shirt opened up, just living the life. He's there oh, with his yeah. boys. And I was like, I don't even know what to do right now. I started walking away, and I was like, no, nah, I got to go say what's up to him, right? So I walk up to him. I'm like, bro, congrats on your win. Like, it was extremely impressive. I, I didn't think you were going to win, truthfully. I was very impressed by it. And I was like, and I respect for how you handled the Adesanya situation because mm. he handled that with class. Yeah. And I thought it was distasteful what, what Izzy did in that octagon. It was a rough go, yeah. yeah. Izzy's my favorite fighter, and that was Bro, very I'm cringe. Fan. I'm a big fan of Adesanya, but it's one of those things, like, and McGregor does stuff too, stuff too where, like, you kind of take things too far trying to sell a fight. Yeah. But anyways, I, literally, he's right next to me. So he was super nice dude, took a picture. Um, and then it was just funny because I posted that and now you got all the Twitter trolls, all the TikTok, Instagram trolls literally DMing me, messaging, commenting me, telling me I'm a piece of shit, telling me that <laughs> I bet thousand, I bet against him and, and now you're why would I take a picture? Yeah, I'm not yeah, a yeah. fanboy. <laughs> I'm like, brother, like this is I don't bet on fight like I bet on fighters because I'm trying to win money and I'm trying to enjoy the fight. Like but after the fight's over, it's back to reality. He's a human being, yeah. and he's a super. He was a super nice guy, and I met him. And bro, and also, it. also like, maybe not his next fight, but I've bet on Duplessis in the past. Yeah, like dude, like Duplessis fought Derek Brunson. Derek yeah. Brunson's a good friend of mine, right? Like, and and uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's you just have to have respect for each other. Like they're all human beings. They're all fighters. Like even getting in the octagon alone. You we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You have to respect someone, so. That's hilarious. It was just, story. It was just so ironic because like we didn't even plan to go to the Cosmo that day. We're just walking around, jumping to different casinos. I just walk in and he's right next to me. And I did like a double take. I didn't even think it was him. 
And it, it was just so funny. Damn. What do you say about you betting against them? So I didn't, I didn't, I didn't say, yo, I bet against you. Uh, we only talked for like 30 seconds. Gotcha. But I pretty much just told him I was like, I was just impressed by it. And I, and I told him how much I respected how he handled the Izzy situations. Damn. I met uh, Colby Covington after UFC 272 when I came here last March. Yeah. Nicest guy in the world, by the way. I met him at Hard Rock before. Such a cool yeah. ass dude. That's why like the gimmick is so cringe. Cause right. like, you're not like, you're not that. You right, know? right. But uh, I had told him something similar where I was like, man, I won a lot of money with you over the weekend. He's like, yeah, only the smart people did. Yeah. You know? So yeah. it was cool to have that back and forth. <laughs> yeah. Every fighter is different with, with like the betting side of things, right? Well, like, you know, so the thing that I've, I've never done this, whether it's a fighter or an athlete, like I've never tweeted at them yeah. or like DM them like, yo, you're a piece of shit for fumbling at the two yard line. Right. Or like you're shitty that you didn't hit another three. Yeah. Like you see some of these interactions and I've had, I've had the honor of talking to a lot of athletes and I'll ask them like, yeah, how do you guys feel about fantasy football? How right. do you feel about, you know, betting now? Yeah. Like, yo, y'all are sick. <laughs> right. Like some of you guys are sick. And that's why like what I try to do with my content is, is be playful, you know, like have fun with it. That's why I think sports betting is so fun where yeah. you have some people that it gotta be like the ROI or, you know, your, your plus units. Yeah. You want to win. Everyone wants to win in a yeah. perfect world. We'd never give out bad plays, but I also like how like you handled that interaction and how you're handling that. Cause like, bro, that's the game too. We were texting a couple weeks ago and you're like, dude, I'm getting crushed. I'm ice cold. I'm like, bro, that's the game, brother. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like and I'll come, I'll come on the show on a Monday after I went five and zero in the NFL. Yeah. I'll be like, yo, my shit don't stink. And then literally the next week, one and four. And I'm like, Yep. You gotta own it, bro. It can't yeah. always be when it's high and high, when it's low and low, you gotta take it in. Yeah, no, you hundred percent you have to. And like people will love you when you win their money. And but they when, when you lose the money, they'll hate you ten times more. Yeah. Like I, I I was showing my two boys here in Vegas, like after the fights, like I was getting hundreds of comments every five to ten minutes on social, like TikTok, Twitter, like people were literally trashing me. Like just nonstop. But I, I, and then I told them, I was like, that's, this is what I signed up for. Yeah. Like you can't make content and give out predictions and have people tail and then only like it when people, when you're winning people money and 100%. you have to go through the, the highs and lows of it, you know, and you just have to keep on pushing. Cause that, that's the game, bro. Yeah. That's why when, when I, when I have big hits, I'll post them. When I have big losses, I'll post them too. Cause I also want to paint a picture because sports betting is becoming more and more popular people see these handicappers or they see these people giving out picks and they only show like the good. And right. I've always told people from the beginning, like, dude, to start the NFL season this past year, yeah. I do some contests where it's like five picks against the spread. Right. I was 21 and four through five weeks. Yeah, that's as hot as it gets. And I was telling people on the show, I would come on and be like, yo. You gotta set the expectation. There's gonna know? be some regression. Yeah. Like, like yeah. one in four is coming. It's, in, and it's you know, impossible. And you know what's funny is People will see you're on a hot streak, and then they'll start tailing you. And then that's when you go cold. And not, Always only, not only that, they'll bet way more than they should be because you're on you're, a hot streak. Hot when streak. the reality is, more times than not, the best time to start tailing someone is when they're coming off a cold streak. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because people jump on the train when it's too late, and then they're betting more than they should on that guy's picks. So I always say, if you're going to tail someone, tail them long term or don't tail them at all. You know, because like jumping on and off at different times, it's just not... It, you're, you're, it's just, you're just gambling at that point, like literally. Dude, the amount of times that I'll post a ticket that's a winner. Say, uh, you know, it's a subathon parlay. I do, you know, I pick three guys to win by submission every week. It's kind of become like my thing. Yeah. 
or, you know, I'll, I'll give five picks in the NFL in the contest. Cause I always tell people what my picks are going to be in the contest. Like I right. do some Patreon content. It's like, look, these are the five picks that I'm going to put in the contest. There's millions of dollars on the line. So if I go zero and five, you know, who's going to feel the worst? Right. Me. So I'll give out the five plays and then I'll go five and zero. I had two five and zero weeks last year. All my boys hit me up. Yo, next week I'm tailing. Yeah, yeah. I'm tailing it next week. I have fans hit me up like, oh shit, next yep. week. What happens next week? Two and three. Yeah. Or I'll go, my favorite, my absolute favorite, I'll go four and one. I'll go three, one and one. And I'll get, yo, you're an idiot. You don't know what you're talking about. Right. Because they parlayed it. Yeah. And oh, I tell people, exactly. I'm like, yo, I always, I do two things. Any prop, any subathon, any NFL game, I'll parlay them. Mm-hmm. In the event that I do go 5-0, and oh, why not? Yeah. But I also straight bet them. And I also have games that are my two-unit plays. Like my favorite, I always tell people, yo, my absolute favorite play of the week, it's always three units. Yeah. Like that's just standard if you listen to the show. Like, you know, and there are times where you know this being in the sports betting space, maybe your two favorite plays are, you know, you have $300 on one of them, you have $300 on the other. And then your other six plays are $100 bets and you go two and six. Yeah. And then you're even though. Right, right. So it's spread records could be misleading. Oh, like it, you said, the all, UFC records could be misleading. It's all misleading. And people, you know, people just like to, to make it look like, like they're, not everyone's transparent, right? But if you sell picks, you, you need to be transparent. Like I don't personally sell my picks, like my personal picks. Um, but even if I'm putting out picks, to a significant amount of people, I still feel like I have to recap it and be transparent with how I'm doing, you know? Because there are people that are putting their money on the line based on what I'm giving out to yeah. the world, you know? Nah, for sure, man. And I get that too when I'm when I'm creating content and doing the podcast. I want to go back to the event. Man, how good is Volkanovski, bro? Oh, uh, bro. He's unbelievable. Like what you were saying earlier, there was value on him. At, I think it was down to like minus 350 or a little yeah. bit less. Um, but he's just, the dude is so good. Now, I would like to see him against Ilya Teporia. That's the one, bro. Yeah, I mean, because he's so, he's so well-rounded. You just know? like him. Yeah, I would think. I actually think that would play out as like a straight boxing match. Like, I, I, I don't think Volk would want to even take him down. I might be dead wrong, but I just think it's going to play out on the feet. No, I, I think you bring up a compelling case because you've seen it in the past when you have like two all-world wrestlers. Yeah. It becomes a stand-up affair. Right. right? Covington and Usman. How many yeah. takedowns did they shoot? Yeah, they just gave two. up on it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was just like, yo, we're just going to swing away. You see it with guys that are two submission wizards. It turns into a kickboxing match. Right. And I could see that definitely being the case too because I think both of them, I think for Volkanovski right now, this video aged well last week because I was saying how I think he's the most complete fighter in the game. Yeah, he is. I know for a fact he's not going to do no dumb shit. Yeah. Dude, there's a video where he catches Yair with this combination in the first round. Right. Then in the second round, he doesn't follow up on that combination, lets Yair hit him. And then in the third round, he throws that same combo. And then when Yair goes to throw the overhand left, he sneaks in like a jab. Yeah. And that's what stuns Yair initially, pushes him up against the cage, crazy takedown and then ground and pound. It looked like they were drilling that in the gym. Right. Like that's some shit that you see in the gym where guys are just drilling like, all right, I'm going to take you down, ground and pound. And Volk is just the smartest fighter right now, and I think he's the most complete. Yeah. But I'm fascinated by that matchup. It has to be to you see what the odds are? I haven't, no. So Ilya opened at like plus 200 or so. Whoa. So Volk, you're going to get Volk under minus 300. 
which is interesting, right? It's hard to not bet that. But Ilya's really good. But bro, you know what I had in the in the in the Volkanovski fight? Yeah. I, I had round four. Round four and round five knockout. So this is literally two out of the past three weeks. I was forty seconds away on on long shots. So I had Sean I said Sean Strickland in round three. He gets he he wins that fight with like under a minute left in round in, two. In round two, yeah. And then Volk under a minute left in round two or round three round three when i had the round four so i was just again but this is how this is how it is right like i'm 40 seconds away from a seven or eight unit swing right Right. i lose a quarter unit versus winning six seven eight units like the swings in the ufc are sick so did you not have anything on him to just win by knockout then yeah so so i took him the, the way i saw the fight playing out was i liked him late in the fight or to win a decision so I literally Great had like a, you, I had yeah. a one unit play on him to win by decision. I got it at like plus one forty somewhere in that number, and then I just sprinkled quarter units on those late rounds because I saw like I knew like if Yair's like face started to open up, maybe like a doctor stoppage right. or something. But I didn't see him like knocking Yair out cold on the feet because Yair actually has a good chin. But again, Volk was just too dominant, and he just did it too early, and I was I was blown away by it. Yeah, dude. Damn. Because I saw I started doing this a couple of months ago where. I hit a cold stretch, like what you were saying you're going through right now, mm-hmm. where, you know, I got too cute with the props. Right, right. Like, I'd have, I'd have someone to win by submission round three. Yeah. They end up winning by submission round two. Right. And I didn't bet him to win by submission. Yeah, and the payout's still good if you just bet yeah. it. And still I'd- like a two to one, three to one prop. Right. So, if you really like something, like last week, I liked Strickland to win by knockout. Yeah. And I also bet him inside the distance. And I got super lucky. I threw it on round two and four for him to get a stoppage. Yeah. Happened to be in round two. But the thought process was, I think he's going to get a finish and I think it's going to be a knockout. Mm -hmm. So I kind of went heavier on that. And then I did like a quarter unit, $25 bets on round two and four. I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. Let's just see. Yeah. And then, you know, but that, that I got lucky on, but I didn't get lucky in the sense of the fight played out the way I thought it would. Right. I got lucky where it ended. Exactly. Yeah, and you can literally bet something, and you you have a perfect read on it, and the fight plays out exactly how you do it. Like Deshaun Strickland, I made a video. People were commenting on my videos saying like, "Oh, you predicted it perfectly." I literally lost the bet. Yeah. Because <laughs> like I didn't see Abu was like gassing that quickly. I mean, that was a, that was embarrassing cardio. Um, but you know, if his cardio is even ten percent better, he makes it to the third round there, and then I've I had round three, four, and five, so I have a fifteen minute window to get a knockout and they were all 15 20 25 whatever the numbers were they were all long shot bets so i'm like dude just survive for 40 more seconds because strickland's not a guy that's like gonna put you out like he's gonna tko you and yeah yeah it's it's he beats you on volume right it's just an accumulation of a bunch like max holloway was the same way exactly they're so good with their cardio and their stamina that they just put a pace on you where you eat you know, 200 significant strikes and then eventually that's what puts you out they don't really have the knockout power i actually prefer fighters like that yeah. I'd rather have a guy that's going to be able to keep a pace on you for 25 minutes. Yeah. And you just eat 200 strikes. Right. As opposed to that one knockout power because those guys tire out quicker, heavy footed. Yep. So I kind of lean to guys like that a lot more. Yeah. No, it makes sense. I, I still, the bad beats the past two, three weeks for me have just been brutal. <laughs> what's been, what's been the worst bad beat that you've had as far as like, you know, couple more seconds in a round or or maybe you had them by knockout and they won by submission like can you think of some 
there's there's so many it's crazy um trying to think which ones come to mind here um I, I there was a fight last year i can't even remember but i had do you remember the fight where a guy was literally submitting submitting someone and then he got like a last second tko on the ground I'm trying to remember which fight that was it was a really bad beat um because like the ref didn't stop it the right way and they ended up calling it it was either it was one or the other it was like he was knocking him out and then subbed them or subbed them and knocked them out and it was just it was what i can't remember what, which fight that was but that was a really bad beat it was a six swing and then i'm trying to think i had one where i bet randy brown against cowboy Oliveira. yeah and i bet brown to win by knockout he yeah. ends up winning by submission and he drops him with a straight right yeah the, like Oliveira does like the oh shit he just blew out his knees dance right where right. like the guy just collapses and his knees kind of just like fold in yeah and he ends up taking his back and submitting him i'm like oh let's go no 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 no. it's the worst it's the worst bro it, yeah it's the worst no, what do you think of I, I know i know they said like it should be taporia going back towards volkanovsky it should be taporia mm -hmm. but are you interested in seeing him in islam again yeah, so I bet Islam inside the dis or by submission in that in that first fight, and I was that's after that fight that was like that's it I'm never down Volkanovski, like that was so impressive you yeah. know like for Islam to have your back. So that was another fight where Volk was like plus three eighty, bro. Yeah, I bet on Volkanovski, and, and he, I and I I'll, I'll make that bet again. It was the, the right bet yeah. based on the number. And yeah. I do think he lost three two, like, but it was yeah. Like, I don't think it was. I don't think some people said he got robbed. Like, nah, to nah. me that's not robbery. I, I thought that was the right yeah, call. Yeah, I think it's one of those fights where like you you can do more total damage in a fight, but you can still lose the fight because it's judged on a per round basis, right? right? And I think that's a prime example of that where like Volk did more damage, I think, to Islam especially in, in round five. Right? Yeah, dude. Dude, they had to hold up Islam. Bro, it was wild. When he's being interviewed, <laughs> his, his whole team is holding him up. Yeah. The bulk is just like, yeah, you know, uh, I think I proved a lot of people wrong. And he was yeah. just like fresh as a daisy. No, that was that was a wild fight. He, he did prove people wrong. And I do think he deserves that rematch. I do want to see Taporia fight him first. Um, it has to be that. Yeah. At 145, it has to be that. Because Taporia has been steamrolling everybody. And what he did to Emmett a couple weeks ago. Right. That was another one where I was like, he's minus 380. I think that's wrong. He should be a bigger favorite. And I think it has to be them two for 145. Yeah. And like, yo, also, why are we just bypassing Charles Oliveira? Yeah. Like, why shouldn't, I think it should be Charles in Islam. He gets to get back. He was I, such a dominant champion, right? He had so yeah. many title defenses and he loses to Islam rather comfortably. Like Islam put it right, on him. Right. But, you know, he comes back. He beats Dariush the way he did. Yeah. I think, I think you do Taporia, Volk. At 145, if Volk happens to beat him, mm -hmm. then yeah, at that point it's like, bro, the only real threat at 145 is Taporia. What do you think the odds would be if uh, if Volk fought Oliveira? That's a hard line to make, right? Yeah, I think Volk would be the favorite because Oliveira is more. He's a much wilder fighter. Yeah, where Islam has. The game plan, take it to the ground, smash. Yeah. Like, you know the path to victory for him. Yeah. Where with Charles, it's, he might beat you standing. He mm -hmm. wants to take you to the ground. He could. So I think Volk would be a favorite over Charles. But How big of a favorite, though? I think slight. 
maybe like a minus 140, minus 160. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I was going to say the number is like minus 150 or so. Yeah. Um, but I do think Oliver's submission would be live. It's always live, bro. Yeah. You always got to bet Charles <laughs> inside the distance because yeah. I think he's had, dude, I think his last 12 fights, win or lose, right. have been stoppages. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's probably the most entertaining fighter in the UFC at this point. You're up there. Yeah. He has to be, you know? I would say I would say he's number one. Yeah. Because you just know for a fact there's going to be a stoppage. Right. Like, for as exciting as Gaethje is and Poirier is, they yeah. get some decisions. Bangers. Right. That's right. also the next pay-per-view. That's going to be a good fight for the yeah. BMF title. Who you like in that fight? I like Poirier. Yeah. Yeah, I think Poirier is just more durable. Mm-hmm. I think Gaethje has been in way more wars than Poirier. He's been hit more, mm-hmm. and he's been hit more viciously than yeah. Poirier. Poirier, a lot of his losses have been like submission losses. Right. That's literally his kryptonite. Yeah. You know? Where Gaethje has been just stopped, got stopped by Poirier on the feet. Right. An all-time like combo, just hit him with like 47 straight punches. So I like I like Poirier in that one. Do you know yeah. the line on that fight? Because I haven't. Yeah. Really... So it op- So it actually opened with Poirier. It was like a slight dog. It changed real quick. Mm. I think he's like minus. I want to say minus one thirty or so, which I think is the right number. I think that's I, fair. Yeah. I will say that I think Gagey has matured some. Like he, we saw him put on the wrestling shoes finally in, in uh, uh, which fight was that? Uh, Rafael. Yeah. Yeah, he, yeah. Yeah. So I, I had Gagey in that fight. Um, and, uh, I do think he's matured some, even Dustin Poirier was like, he's, uh, he now, what was the, what did he say? He said he now, when he gets in a car accident, he's wearing a seatbelt. Like, I don't know how he said it. Something like that. I like that. He's like, it's like, he's still reckless and crazy, but now it's like more calculated. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so I do think it's, that's going to be a hell of a fight. I'll give you a long shot. I like in that fight is, is Dustin to get a late submission. Whoa. Last time he fought was a sub two against Chandler. Yeah. Dude, that was one of the worst outcomes ever, bro. I had I had so many parlays live going into those last three three fights, and I ended up, I ended up uh, the next two ended up going my way. Like I had Yair inside the distance against mm-hmm. Emmett, and then I had main event goes the distance, and the only thing I needed not to happen was someone to win by submission. Mm-hmm. I had Dustin and Chandler both by by knockout. Yeah. Both of them fight does fight goes the distance. Because fight doesn't go was like minus 600. So I got like plus 325 on it to go the decision. Yeah. So I kind of hedged it out on my parlay. I'm like, yo, I'm going to bet fight goes the distance at plus 325. I'm like, yo, there's no way that someone's going to win by submission. And then he jumps to the submission, takes his back, and I'm like, oh. And and honestly, Dustin should have had a a KO or TKO early in that fight. You know, Uh, Chandler surprised me in that second round. Like his gas tank came back and. You got an early takedown, I think it was in that second round. Um, but I don't know. Chandler's always had the skill set, the size, the power, the speed, but like just fight IQ sometimes. It's crazy. Well, like he even likes- in that Poirier fight, he honestly could have won that fight if he didn't try to like pick him up and slam him. Like if he just takes him, that fight to the ground, like I don't know. But well, the, the the other thing that Chandler does is he's very wild with his strikes where right. he throws a lot of looping, looping stuff. Shot. Poirier's clean. Poirier comes straight down the middle, yeah. which is why I was so fascinated by him potentially fighting Connor. I don't know what's going to happen with that, but I yeah. think it's a great fight for Connor to come back to because of the looping style of Chandler. Yeah. You know, it'd be an interesting fight is Poirier and Volk. Ooh. You know? 
Dude, there's a lot of good fights for yeah. Volk at 155, so man. Many. He's, he's got to go up. He's got to go up. Yeah, I think yeah. if he beats Taporia, he goes up. Who would you bet uh, in Connor Chandler? Because I have a very strong opinion on this fight. I think I would go Chandler. Yeah, I would hammer him. Yeah. I, I just I have no faith in Connor coming back and being what he once was. Like, my my take on this fight has been the same since Connor broke his leg against Dustin. Yeah. It's been over two years now. I don't know who he's gonna fight next, but I know for a fact we have one more holy shit Connor is fighting moment. Mm -hmm. Not saying that it's gonna be a win, but the excitement. Obviously, we're going to be excited for it, but you know, ESPN is going to send Stephen A. Smith there. Yeah, yeah. And all these networks are going to be covering the fight right. where you're going to be like, holy shit, Connor's coming back. Yeah. We have one more. He'd have to win that right, in right. order to get more. Yep. But that's been my, my case with Connor this whole time. Huh? I think we get one more fight where we're like, damn, son, Connor's back. Yeah. And then he would have to win in order for us to be excited. So, yeah. I'm I'm with you though on Chandler, man. I think Chandler gets it done. Yeah, and I think I th I think it's gonna be close. It's close to a pickup. I mean, I I took Dustin as a dog in fight two and three against against uh, Connor. Yeah, um, but I did the same too. I was in a sports betting documentary out in out in New Jersey because New Jersey had just they had started legalizing sports betting and then it got to New York. So I was featured in because dude, I used to have to drive into Jersey to put my bets in on yeah. FanDuel and all the apps. And I remember I had said, I was like, this is an example where I think this guy's going to lose, but I'm going to bet him. He was like plus 265, Dustin, or plus, no, plus 225, I think he was. Yeah. And he ends up winning. And again, it goes back to the same point that I make all the time. Like there are fighters that I think are going to lose, but I have to bet them because I think the line is wrong. Yeah. Or I'll bet them by a certain prop. Right. So it, it's fun, man. I love it. The UFC has become. Yeah. It, it's so dope because like my content is known and like I kind of broke into the content space being like the NFL guy. Yeah. And like still love the NFL, still think I know the NFL very, very well. It's dope. My favorite reason for loving the NFL is it's once a week, right? Mm -hmm. That's why I think it's also so popular. But when the NFL offseason ends, all my friends are like, damn, I don't know what to bet on now. For right. me, it's like, oh, I got UFC, bro. Yep. UFC is the same way. I have UFC every week. You know, I look at the lines on Monday. And then maybe I'll make some bets and then I have enough time to go back and watch fights. I could look at the props and then I have a whole week to get my fix in. Yeah. I'm not dabbling in baseball. I think it's too volatile. I don't like NBA regular season betting, love playoff betting. Yeah. Cause that's also volatile. Guys might sit out, guys might play for 20 minutes and then get pulled. So UFC and NFL, that's why I think they're my favorites. They're once a week and I kind of get the same like fixation with both. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's fun studying the fights throughout the week. Locking in some for like early value, and then like I like to like see the weigh-ins on Friday before I finalize all my my props and my full card and everything. But I'm with you, man. You can't beat the USC. It sucks when there's honestly when there's off weeks. It sucks. <laughs> oh, dude, it's the worst. I feel like I'm an addict. I'm scratching my neck. I'm like, yo, when's that <laughs> shit coming back? Yeah. But they're in a stretch right now where I think the next six weeks is a card too. Yeah. They're going all the way up until September, so it's gonna right. be fun, man. I wanna. Oh, there's so much more I want to talk to you about. Hopefully we could do this again. Yeah. But we do need to wrap up. I want to give the people a chance to find you on social media if they haven't been following you yet. Thank you for good to finally connect, bro. For sure. We've been trying to do this for a while. But tell the people where they can find you on social media. Yeah, yeah. So it's Matty Betts, M-A-T-T-Y-B-E-T-S-S. -S. 
TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, pretty much everywhere. Um, just Maddie Betts. Let's go. Let's go, man. UFC long shots is your guy. Yes, sir. For real. I, I sometimes I don't I don't tell anybody, but there are certain people whose opinion I really respect and I try to see if they're on the same side. Yeah. And like I'll feel like we both were on Whitaker round two and three. Yeah. They didn't turn out. That's the game. But I was right. like, all right, Matt likes it. I'm on yeah. I'm it, on that too. It made a lot of sense to us. Yeah. It, you know, but yeah. That's how that's, it goes. Sometimes. That's the game, bro. Yeah. That's the game. You win some and you lose a lot. <laughs> That's usually how it happens. Absolutely. At Nick Day, as tender as you can find me, all things Veterans Minimum are at veteransminimum.com. And we will catch you guys next time on the show. I'm a gold medalist, bronze like your medalist. So many deer in headlights, but it's bedtime. Hear that supper bell, main course, beat of venison. Zab. Most dangerous game. Either kill or be one.